you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? We welcome you in to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Go here with you. Beautiful Wednesday morning. We're talking fantasy, man. We're talking football. We got MG My Guy, Marcus Grant, in the building. What's up? What's going on? It's a, it's a, it's a happy Wednesday. Yeah, it is Wednesday, right? It is it's Wednesday. Wednesday. All right, happy Wednesday. I guess. <laughs> it's weird, you know, because some of us had a four-day week, weekend uh, last weekend, which was glorious. Okay. So good. And so now that you know, I'm back at work, it's sort of thrown my days off a little ah, bit. Yeah, I got you. All right. Uh, boy, young boy, <laughs> West Virginia's finest. Yo. We got Matt Harmon. Uh, what's going on? How you doing, pal? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Uh, I did not have a four-day weekend. You did not? No, no, no. no. Did you have a three-day weekend? You elected not to. I elected not to, and oh. I, think I, I think I made the right choice okay. uh, in the long run. But that's, a, that's not an interesting subject. Were you here by yourself on Friday? Yes, but more so, I was more so by myself on um, on uh, on Monday, Monday because oh, Claybon was here on Friday, Friday. Got it. and he and I were basically just chatting back. Oh, you didn't even have a three day weekend. No, no you no. came in on Monday. Well, yeah, I came. I fr- came in Friday on for those listening was our commissioner's day off. Uncle Raj occasionally oh, throws us a bone because I see. Uh, the Super Bowl went well. Well, the Super Bowl went well, and also like you look back during the the, the fall and late summer, we don't get any of those holidays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like we're here. We, uh, you, you know, seeing family over the holidays, pff, no, nah. <laughs> nah. That's, that's not that's not part of that NFL life, bro. But the yeah, option we had an option in the contract I to, see. Uh, to bump bump the day to another day. I was like, I'll take this like when I got I when I need it. Got Who it. Care? Why are we talking about this? Nobody cares. I don't know. Well, of all the things we talk about that people don't care about, this is probably at the it's top. Better than the weather. I mean, it's been cold <laughs> lately, and Marcus blew right past that. I was I was oh, actually I was, sitting I was, here. Ready. I was going oh. to not. I purposely did not say anything about, about the, the weather. weather. Well, it's cold day here in Los Angeles. It's fifty degrees. Uh, Whiskey from Wisconsin, Alex Gilhar, what's going on? I was going to ask, what, but we're so far past it now. Like, what was going on with your voice in that intro? You did like a weird, like, hey, right here, Marcus, Marcus Grant. It's, 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 I don't know. It's, I had a week off. I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> got a great show in front of us here today, man. We're going to be talking about franchise tags. Well, Jarvis Landry got tags, so there you go. That's right. Um, <laughs> we will talk all things Denver Broncos, though. Uh, there's so many storylines 
surrounding Denver right now. Their pursuit uh, of Kirk Cousins, what's going to happen with Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, C.J. Anderson, will he move on? I, I mean, in the AFC West, too, John Gruden there in Oakland. Alex Smith was traded. Uh, and meanwhile, the Chargers are just hanging out out there with Phillip Rivers and the boys. The, the AFC West, absolutely an interesting division right now, man. But um, we will talk all things Denver Broncos with Broncos insider Troy Rank from Denver ABC7. That's coming up in the show. Plus, we will talk about uh, a piece that Matt Harmon wrote. Uh, combine players, well, it's not combine players to watch. You you wrote a thing about uh, top ten receivers to chase. Free agents or draft prospects, yeah. And it included a few names uh, that will be participating in the upcoming combine as well. It also included one name that wasn't mentioned, or did not include one name, and then that player slid into Harmon's DMs. Yeah, we can Whoa. talk about it. Oh, yeah. We can talk oh, about it. Yeah. We can talk about oh, it. We get to oh, really? Yeah. It's a, fun, yeah. it's a very fun story. I like it. He told it. us this morning. I love it. Okay, so then we've got to uh, close out the show with Daily Daps. Well, let's start your show with your top fantasy headlines. Breaking news. News. Uh, in regards to the Kirk Cousins pending free agency, the Jets are reportedly willing to pay more than anyone else for his services. Does Cousins chase the money or does he want a more competitive team? I throw this out to the broom. It's a good question because he has even said himself, like, I've made more money than I could possibly need, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, like does that then act, but does that then, that then actually influence his decision-making process in terms of the money? Uh, I, I don't know. I think that he, like, there, there's reports that, they could, that this could finally be the moment that we see in football of the first ever fully guaranteed contract. That would be really fascinating to me. I think I'd – I mean, I'd prefer to see him – I'd prefer to see him go somewhere where he's actually going to have more of a supporting cast, but, uh, you know, like Minnesota or something, if he really does mean it about the whole, I'm taking less, but who knows. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just stuck on the fact that we're, we're talking about potentially the first fully guaranteed, guaranteed contract. <laughs> For Kirk Cousins. And it's Kirk Cousins. I know. He's but earned like, it. And it's also yeah. the weird way that Washington botched it. I mean, that that part is very much true. But I mean, we're talking about the the history of the National Football League. Right. All the yeah. great right. quarterbacks that have come through that Kirk Cousins would be the one. You know, you know what it is? It's a it's a cross intersection of opportunity and talent. Yeah. Because I don't think the opportunity has been there before where a guy was like, there's no way in hell I'm signing with re-signing with my current team. I'm going to go into free agency. And there are teams – that not only have a need, but also have the cap space. Also, it's just the stones to, to ask for it. Because, I mean, I remember a few years ago, back back in the way back times, before Andrew, when Andrew Luck was still a person, you know, he was <laughs> potentially going to negotiate a new contract. It's kind of like, what's stopping a player like that going to the Colts and be like, guarantee my whole contract? Like, what are they going to do? Say no? Yeah, exactly, that's exactly what they're going to do. They'll be like, nah. But then, fine, so someone else goes and eventually does it. I mean, eventually some team will will do it. I, yeah. I think eventually it's going to happen. You know, it is strange that it's going to be Kirk, Kirk Cousins, but again, it's just about like, hey, if you want me to come to your team, I wonder if Aaron Rodgers would get it fully guaranteed. He's coming up. He is. I think. Well, I was going to say part of what I think it is too is a lot of these guys that are sticking with their own teams. They build those contracts, and then they don't. It's not always fully guaranteed because they're like, all right, we're going to make this contract. So at about this point, you're going to come back to me with more money, and like, right. it, that's part of what's unique about Kirk Cousins' situation is. He also has no long-term contract so far to use as a baseline. No. Yeah. He's just been heaped money by the way Washington <laughs> botched that whole situation. So it's not like, you know, it's not, you know, all these guys, uh, most of these franchise quarterbacks had some sort of 
first big deal, you know, that yeah. then they built off of and structured right. all those things. Otherwise, Kirk Cousins isn't honestly an anomaly in the in the Very whole true. situation, which is what makes this so fascinating to watch. Just don't go to Minnesota because then the Vikings will be real good. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he does go there I as a matter of fact, man. That would be great to see Shut him up. pair up. with young talents like Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Hey, speaking of quarterbacks, A.J. McCarron is now a free agent. Ugh. Speaking uh, of massive guaranteed uh, contracts somebody's going to get. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, listen, we're, if we're talking about money, the expectation is that A.J. McCarron would get Mike Glennon-type money, a.k.a. a three-year, $45 million-ish type you see that? deal. You see that? That right there. That right there is why we haven't had a fully guaranteed contract in National <laughs> Football League because NFL owners and GMs can't be trusted to make nope. smart decisions no, with their cannot. money. They can't. I mean, no, they can't. We're talking about a dude who has what? And I, I, You tweeted about it, Harmon. Oh, the guy who has starts like, does he have? Two starts? Like, three starts? Like, yes, yeah, decent three, starts. Three, decent, three starts to end 2015 and then in the playoffs. Right. And we're talking about getting, giving him $15 million a year? This is a guy who couldn't be – as much as Bengals fans crap on Andy Dalton and want to move him out, this dude couldn't even really compete. Like there was, you never heard. No discussion. No, no, you never no, heard in no August. Discussion. You never no. heard in, in August a quarterback competition brewing no. in Cincinnati. And so no. now we're gonna give this dude fifteen. Like NFL owners can't be trusted with their own wallet. Why? Can I ask a legitimate question? Why do people like AJ McCarron? I, I don't know. I so I that actually, bitch and tattoo. I don't. Chris I tattoo. really. He's, he's don't tall. Understand. He's white, and he has a functional right arm. <laughs> It's, but that's a, it. He's he, a winner. I mean, I have two of those three things. So that's why you're not a quarterback. I just don't <laughs> it just it just doesn't. Not make that sense. tall. <laughs> How tall is AJ McCarron? He's like six. I don't even know if he's that tall. Six, but, but, three, but anyways, maybe? I I posed that question actually literally a calendar year ago. You know, because AJ McCarron has been pretty much since he's been he's one of those guys that's kind of the I don't understand the, it. the confirmation bias, the self fulfilling prophecy. Like people were like when he came into the league and he's like, oh, he's a backup to Andy Dalton. Like maybe someday he'll make noise as a starter. And no. then the second we saw him do something on the NFL field, then that became a talking point. So he's been kind of a talking point for a few years. And then, like, I asked that when he was, a tr like, a trade discussion player last You're going to give up a sec – the Browns are about to give up a second and a third to go get A.J. McCarron. And, 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 and then you, give him more money. The, the what? Link, the link there is obviously Hugh Jackson was with the Bengals' offense. And Hugh Jackson is terrible. Right. <laughs> Sashi Brown's parting gift to the Browns before they fired him was botching that trade. But so I don't know. So <laughs> it's the best thing to ever happen. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he probably did it on purpose too. So stupid. If the NFL evaluated him as a fifth round pick, you know, when he came in right. into the league, well, I don't think we've seen anything to suggest that he's that now should be valued as a second or third. Just yeah, but Matt, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but Tom Brady was the 199th pick <laughs> in the NFL draft. Wait, really? There were six quarterbacks that went ahead of him. I, this is the first time hearing. I mean, this. I'm look at it. <laughs> I've never, I've, I've never yeah. heard this before. I, I don't know. I I don't think that any team. I don't understand even it, man. Browns, notwithstanding, yeah, uh, and doing something crazy. Okay, I don't think any team is going to sign AJ McCarron to be their solution. I think they'll probably he's a bridge quarterback. He's, they'll br someone will bring him in as a br like. I wouldn't necessarily because the Browns just they got more money than they know what to do with. You know, if they give they him do. fifteen million dollars a year, like who cares? They can't even fulfill. It's true. They can't just they can't just draft a bunch of players. It's true. They have to sign spend some money. If they spend some money on McCarron to be a bridge quarterback and still t and then still take a quarterback number one overall, right? It's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it's going to be an exhausting talking point the rest of the offseason, but it's not the worst thing in the world. I, I just don't – I it, it's amazing to me that he, A.J. McCarron, has so many folks backing him. It's like, I don't I – don't, he played at Alabama, so he was a high-profile guy there, but he was – it's not like he was 
Yeah. It's not like he was productive there. I mean, he was he, he was, was the best of of that we like that crappy group of like Greg McElroy. That's his name, right? They, the yeah. guy who's like on TV now. Uh, John something or another that was like a third string quarterback with the the Falcons. Just a bunch of goofballs that were like all kind of in the same uh, archetype of just like mediocre, not that skilled uh, white quarterbacks. I mean, like he had a McCarron huge, is the best of that group. I mean, he had a whatever. gigantic offensive line in front of him at Alabama. He had, you know, great skill players, a great running game all around him as well. I mean – And that that same thing what you just said about his time at Alabama, understand. you could say that exact same thing for when he came into the Cincinnati Bengals situation when Andy right. Dalton got hurt at the end of the the best year of Dalton's career. Because Whitworth had, was still there. Because they had a great offensive line. Right. They had, when Jeremy Hill was good, Angio Bernard was really good. They had <laughs> A.J. Green, Muhammad sad. Sanu, Marvin Jones, Tyler Eifert cooking. Like, right. That was a perfect setup for quarterback success. We've never seen Andy Dalton replicate the success that he had that year, and McCarron came in and got to eat off that same plate. And wherever he goes next year is not going to have that. Nope. So, again, I think, I think we're I think spending an awful good. lot of time oh, talking AJ about it. Talking about a guy who's probably going to sell like four games <laughs> at most. There you go. Hey, the Browns, speaking of, expected to go after free agent wide receiver Terrell Pryor. Uh, you don't like this? <laughs> this I kind of – I mean, I guess go back to where he started. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like they've, they've got Josh Gordon there, yeah. right? They've got Corey Coleman there. I don't think they like Corey Coleman anymore. From And that might be <laughs> that might That might be that was wrong. fast. Yeah, no, I know, for sure. But that, Why? Because it just the, the is it an attitude you, thing? The is things you a... hear out of uh, out of there, I know there've just been some whispers that they're they're souring on him quickly. I mean, he gets hurt a lot. He does get hurt, he, and uh, he hasn't quite lived up to expectations. I feel mostly because he he's been hurt. hardly ever on it. Yeah, uh, and it's only been two seasons. I know they. I know he said something weird about like I don't like playing in the cold, which is like kind of a weird thing to say, say when, when, you're when you're playing, playing Cleveland. Cleveland. <laughs> um, that would make it not true. Yeah, no, I, mean, I wouldn't <laughs> want to play in the cold. But 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 Josh Gordon on one him, side, Terrell Pryor on the other and Corey Coleman doing, you know, slot receiver type things. He could either be a field stretcher or, you know, just run, you know, really, really fast drag routes or whatever it is. But that'd be a lot of speed and athleticism out there. I think they could even trade Coleman, which would make no sense and it would be a bad move because, like, why would you trade him low at this point? Right. But uh, they could even do that. They have David Njoku at tight end who's really, really talented. Oh, and my They God. never what figured out a way to get him going last yeah. year because the Browns are just not a good coaching staff. There's a there's a lot. Every year we say this about the Browns' skill position players on paper. If they had a Terrell Pryor, they would look, it would look really good. I kind of like going after Pryor for, for many teams as like a reclamation project. I guess. I mean, we're talking about a guy who is entering – Basically, his fourth year as a wide receiver. He spent the first, what, three years of his, two, three years of his yeah. career as the quarterback. You know, the, the last Oakland Raiders starting quarterback before Derek Carr. Right. Um, <laughs> so he's still – Crazy. He's mostly learned the position, but this guy who's going to be 29 by the time the season starts, who has had one good season at the wide receiver position, and who apparently seems to be something – I don't know if it's that he's bad in a locker room or what have you, but – People was, don't like him. That's the one People thing that has like stuck him, out. Yeah. People have don't – like Terrell Pryor for some reason. His own teammates, his opponents, nobody seems to like this guy. And if you're the Browns and you're trying to build something, do you really want to bring back a guy who's something of a project, who doesn't really get along with people? Right. It just it just doesn't seem like a fit to me. I mean, it's not going to be a, a high cost to bring him back either. That's true. And if he's had success there in the past, and like we know his talent and upside are, are very real, so why not? 
What does he yeah. sign? A one-year deal again? I mean, he signed a one-year one like, $6 million yeah, last year. That's what year, I'm saying. So again, another one-year $6 million. One-year $5 million probably dollar deal le- this probably, time? Definitely, definitely less. Okay. I, I would say definitely less. That's and, crazy. And, yeah, it's just about expectations. Like, I think people thought he was going to be this giant superstar last year. I don't think he really showed anything in Cleveland, despite the numbers, that yeah. was going to indicate that uh, right. that, that was going to be his trajectory. But he's a really good role player that's that can obviously make big plays. All right. Eddie Lacy isn't expected to be re-signed by Seattle, obviously. Wow. Uh, Doug Shock. Martin was released by the Bucks. Also, wow. Uh, <laughs> better chance of happening in 2018. Eddie Lacy signs as a legit rotational back. We're not talking about a camp body. Or Doug Martin goes somewhere. Lacy. And collects 800 total yards. Lacy. That's a great question. That's a That's really question. good question. Because like, when I first read this, because I did read the rundown ahead of time. Ah, there you go. When I first read this, I immediately went. Martin, but then I started and I went back and looked at it and thought about it again. I'm like, uh, maybe it's maybe it's lazy. Hold on, let me look at these numbers real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's ugly, but Martin to me. No, it's Martin, guys. He's due for another fourteen oh, yards. <laughs> here. That's why I had to look. There it is. There it is. Rookie year. Yeah. Fourteen hundred fifty-four yards on the ground. Okay. Next two years, four fifty-six, four ninety-four. Okay. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Three years apart, fourteen hundred rushing yards. Oh, I Next see. two years, four twenty-one, four oh six. Boom. Coming back boom. around. Boom. Come boom. Comeback player of the year, boom. Doug Martin. Back. You looked at the numbers. Facts you looked is, at the numbers. You looked facts. at the numbers. This is indis- it's happening. indisputable I it evidence. Every, I thought it was like every odd year. Obviously not. No, it's every, every couple years. years. Now it's every we're third just year. moving the goalposts. Now because it was no, 20, it's legit. No, it was 2012. It's what do you mean every, every third odd year? year? I thought, yeah, oh, you're right. You're right. Fine. That's what great. do I know? 2012 was his rookie year. This is his best year as a pro. This is great. This is great. He's so bad. Um, so again, I, I, I guess my question would be, does Eddie Lacy even sign anywhere as anything other than a camp body? I would say probably not. That's why I would say Martin by a nose. I don't think why. I don't even know if he gets a job. You don't think Doug Martin's going to get a job? Uh, How old is he? He's, he's at least late. He's late twenties. Yeah. He has, he's 29. Right. 29. Okay. He hasn't been good in, in uh, two, at least two calendar years. Yeah, but he's hashtag do. No. No, he's <laughs> not do. Oh, and he also has off the field issues. Yeah, he does. He was suspended. He's, he's went through two twice. suspensions last year, and he was terrible when he got back on the field. He had like one good game, his first game okay. against the Patriots. Got everybody excited, and then after that, it was like two point nine yards per carry last year. Yeah. Right. He's done. Okay. I think he's done too. All right, we'll go rapid fire. Larry Fitzgerald says he's coming back for twenty eighteen, which is Hooray. great. Cool. Uh, Marcus Peters is reportedly on the trading block for KC. KC not surprising. Winning. Nope, uh, Casey looking to move on from the former Pro Bowl and former. Yeah, it's not. It's a little surprising. He's well, one of the best corners in the league. No, he was one of the best corners in the he league. Was, Last year, he was legitimately bad. No, no, you're very incorrect. He had a bad stretch, but he finished excellent. After you, after, after he got benched, after he got, benched. he started really good. Had a bad stretch, got suspended, finished the year, lights out. Okay. So no, I, I think it, I think it makes sense though because of and as they mentioned on the ATN podcast his contract situation right now because you have that upside of him finishing yes. strong being a former like top cornerback in the league yeah he's only in his fourth year of his rookie deal so if some team trades it for him they have him this year and then they have the uh, fifth year option tag for the next year after mm. that so it's a great right now it just makes sense that he's on the trading block whether or not they actually do flip him in some sort of deal remains to be seen but the fact that he's on there I think makes total sense all right speaking of franchise tags uh, the franchise tag window is now open. Jarvis Landry surprisingly Ugh. did so, get tagged. So annoyed about that. <laughs> You're annoyed that he got tagged? I'm annoyed because that when that happened, like two things simultaneously happened uh, when that went down. 
Yes. Uh, one he, that destroyed an entire segment I had planned for today on NFL Blitz, and so I had to. Oh, so it's all about. You no, know, no, no, one hundred percent is all about me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> both things I'm about Sarah. Glad you got paid, Jarvis Landry. Now I can't have the segment on the Twitter show. <laughs> Blew that up, and it was a good one too. Uh, then, like right at like two minutes before it happened, would you like yeah. to recreate it here since you seem to no. be so sad? No, I would not. <laughs> and then, like the second thing, like the network handle tweeted out the graphic for this top ten. List oh no, we're talking and about it had Jarvis and Landry. And it had Jarvis Landry number two. Don't. Like, no! Two minutes before the whole thing happened, it was like, oh, and so then it just. You like, know, they had that scheduled for like oh, hours beforehand. I, I'm aware, but everybody replying to the tweet was not aware. <laughs> so it was just like, oh, man, that sucks. They also misspelled Cortland Sutton's name in there as Cortland Sutherland. So I was getting a lot Sutherland, of yeah. well actually Good. replies. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, Cortland Sutherland. He's a sleeper. You know, yeah, literally knew. nobody's talking. <laughs> nobody, knew. nobody knew. Nobody knew. So I was like, dang, Jarvis Angie really ruined my life. But the interesting thing about the Landry thing is yeah. there's our, there are whispers that. Uh, he's going to get traded. Yeah, I know. Like, that they want it. That's that would why be they totally s- not cool. The old tag and trade. Why? I mean, I don't know. Just because, well, first of all, you're not supposed to do that. A. Yeah. Um, sure. You're not supposed to tag them with the intent to trade them, which is, again, I mean, whatever. That's just part of the rules. But rules just, are made to be broken, James. Yeah, I guess so. Especially I just think it, I just think it's not cool. Like, you know, hey, listen, man. Especially, let's- especially with Adam Gase. I feel like if somebody was to pull shenanigans like this, he'd be in my top five guests. Only because jo- <laughs> Josh McDaniels ain't a head coach right now. Yeah, he's already pulled yeah. other shenanigans. So far, so. <laughs> I mean, you don't want him, you don't want him, you know, whatever, whatever. And, again, he's a free agent, you know. It's like I don't think the franchise tag – the franchise tag most definitely was not intended for this purpose. No, which absolutely was Tag and then trade. That just seems, I don't know, like very unsavory. Um, speaking of franchise tags, Allen Robinson expected to get franchise. Le'Veon Bell – Expected to get franchised as well, although that one's, I don't know. That He's one seems expected, like, but I don't know. By the way, seems his, like they're exercising the intent of the franchise tag. We're like, yeah. we do not want you to leave. Yes. We are going to put the tag on you exactly in right. the hopes of actually getting the long-term deal this year. That's By the way, his exactly. self-imposed deadline of February 20th has that come has, and uh, gone. Come and gone. Shocked. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, very weird. Uh, but uh, as uh, some franchise tag news, if it happens during this hour, uh, we will keep you abreast of that as well. All right, let's go and talk about the Denver Broncos. All right, we welcome in Troy Rank from Denver ABC7, a Denver Broncos insider. Troy, we welcome you into the program, man. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, all right. So a lot of stuff is – a lot of football news seems to be – a lot of rumors, really, uh, swirling around this Denver Broncos team. We'll start with the, the big storyline, which, of course, is their pursuit, or at least their alleged pursuit, of Kirk Cousins. What uh, info can you give us uh, regarding the quarterback and the team there? Well, they're certainly going to be all in on Kirk Cousins. The problem is there's no guarantee they're going to get him, uh, especially with what the Jets – look like they're going to be able to offer, you know, front-loaded contract. If not, you know, you've seen stories that might guarantee his entire contract. That would be unheard of. But the Broncos like Cousins. They would prefer a veteran quarterback as they look to rebound after missing the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. If not Cousins, Case Keenum would then be on the list if he becomes available, if Cousins, for instance, ends up in Minnesota. And then maybe a placeholder guy like Tyrod Taylor would be in that kind of next group if they go that direction, uh, Taylor, then they would likely still draft a quarterback uh, in the first or second round. 
So I take a look at the wide receiver room, right? So it's Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas. Uh, there's a lot of question marks as to whether or not uh, one or both or, or maybe both will be on the team. Maybe none will be on the team. I, uh, again, a lot of um, speculation as to what the Denver Broncos might do. How is that move maybe tied into whether or not they get Kirk Cousins? It is tied directly from my sources that as they pursue Kirk Cousins, they want to keep Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders in play. Uh, to help recruit him in terms of the weapons he'd have available if he signed in Denver. If they feel like they're not going to get Cousins or they just do not get Cousins, then it's possible one of the two would be gone. Demarius Thomas, you could see them going to him and asking to restructure. Thomas is going to go down as a ring of famer, one of the all-time great Bronco offensive players. Problem is his production has tailed off the last few years. He's more of a possession receiver now but while making elite money. And Emmanuel Sanders was their best player for the previous two seasons, but last year an ankle injury really sabotaged his year. Um, and he, could be, he would be easier to trade than Demarius Thomas given the contract. So they could restructure DT, trade Emmanuel, or, again, if they get Cousins, the expectation is they would like to keep both to have two veteran receivers there for Cousins. You know, Troy, you, you wrote recently that uh, there was an offense last year that had all the personality of khaki dockers. Uh, is it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what a dagger. Does, does the front office look at it as simply as if we can get the quarterback we want that everything turns around, or is there more to fixing this offense than that? Well, it, part of the reason for that comment is they've had no identity offensively the last two years. I mean, if you ask people about the Broncos' offense, like, what do they do well, and you get no answer. They just don't do anything particularly well, and – Last year, they were awful in protecting the ball. I mean, their quarterback play outside of the Browns was the worst in football. You know, and part of that's on the quarterbacks, of course, part of it's play calling, and they have to fix the offensive line. It's not just Cousins. What Cousins would do, though, guys, is bring certainty. I mean, they've had these American Idol auditions the last two years at quarterback, <laughs> and whether it's Mark Sanchez, and then it was Simeon, and then it's Simeon beating out Lynch, which is an indictment of Lynch, frankly, that he could not beat out Simeon last summer. But – it's created, it's overwhelmed all of camp. It becomes the overriding story every day. And they realize that while they won on the cheap and won with a compromised quarterback, not on the cheap, but they won with a compromised quarterback in Peyton Manning's last year, they haven't been able to do that the last two years. So a quarterback like Cousins would give them an offensive identity. That's who our offense is going through. We're going to play to his strengths. But it isn't a one-guy fix. They would need to get the line better. It, you know, They'd love to get a Nate Soldier at left tackle. Or, again, if they get Cousins, you could see him going maybe Quentin Nelson at five at the guard and you know, getting a couple linemen early in the draft. Uh, they like the Hernandez kid from uh, UTEP at guard. They would. That's why if they're able to get Cousins, it frees them up in the draft to do a lot of things. If they don't get Cousins, they might feel compelled to take a quarterback with that fifth overall pick. Hey, Troy, I want to ask about the other position in the backfield there at running back. Uh, they have C.J. Anderson as a contract that they can get out of despite the fact that he had his first 1,000-yard season. I know I saw a report the other day, I think from ESPN's Jeff Legwald, that they – and he, his, his feeling is that they're kind of insistent on getting uh, – Devontae Booker into the number one back role. What do you, what's kind of your sense of what's going on in the backfield or the direction that they'll take this offseason? Yeah, I mean, C.J. Anderson's vulnerable. I mean, he had a nice year. In a bad year, he competed. I mean, it was admirable the way he went about his business in what was just an atrocious year for the team. Um, but his salary is prohibitive at this point, and they do like Booker. Booker they loved two years ago. Last mm. year, 
the fact that he faded down the stretch in back-to-back seasons has become a bit of a concern. Like, can this guy be the every-down-back starter? And they do like him. That is true. He's a cheaper version of C.J. Anderson. They would like to, even if they move on from C.J. Anderson, and if they do, I would think Miami might have interest, given Adam Gase there and a former running backs coach, Studisville, in Miami. Then they would like to get somebody with burst. I mean, the one thing Booker hasn't shown he can do is he doesn't break tackles at the point of contact. And that's been the issue with him the last two years. Once in space, he's a better receiver than you think. He does some nice things athletically. It's just breaking that initial uh, tackle has been an issue. And obviously with their line, it's even more amplified because they haven't had a very good line the last few years. All right, we got Troy Rank from Denver ABC7 Broncos Insider. Um, again, you talk about CJ and I mean, just there's so many moving, potentially moving parts here for the Denver Broncos, and it's in a division, the AFC West, that is quite frankly they're loading up, man. Um, I wonder, and I'd love to get your take. Is this is this a Broncos team? It's a it's a veteran team, but is this a team that's reloading or rebuilding? Yeah, they don't really rebuild in Denver. That's the thing. They don't use the word patience. They don't talk about youth movements. They are going to get younger, though. It's one of those things. That's, some of it's just the evolution of the roster. But they are looking to get younger, more athletic at certain positions. Uh, and they're trying to stay away from you know hanging with veterans to the very end. I mean, that's one of the things the Patriots do so well. They get rid of a guy a year early rather than a year late. And the Broncos, are, that's why they face tough choices right now with Aqib Tlaib. That, you know, they'd like Bradley Roby to start, so they move on. would they move on from Tlaib? Will they move on from Derek Wolf, uh, who's dealt with some injuries, including a neck injury last year? And they're not re- they don't want to say rebuilding, but if you would look at their roster, if, if let's say even half of the moves take place that could in terms of veterans moving on, you would look at their roster on opening night and go, this is a team in transition. And that's where if you don't get Cousins, then you're clearly a team in transition. If you get Cousins, it's more apt that they kind of try to Band-Aid a little bit and make another push for the playoffs. Hey, Troy, I think one of the last questions we'll have for you is, as James mentioned, the, the rest of the division has been making some big moves. We've got a new quarterback in Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. Uh, the Raiders have brought back John Gruden. What's kind of your reaction and what's been the, the team's sense of, of these big moves happening uh, amongst their division rivals? Well, I know it's crazy, but the Broncos, are they love seeing Alex Smith leaving the division. Smith was really good against them. I think he's 3-1 his last four starts. He beat them in Denver, which few quarterbacks do. Uh, Alex Smith doesn't turn the ball over. And I like Patrick Mahomes. I, I mean, I covered his dad, Major League Baseball, LaTroy Hawkins, a friend of mine, huh. is Patrick Mahomes' godfather. So I've known about Mahomes since he was a kid. I mean, the kid throws like 95 miles per hour up the mound. I thought he was going to be a big league pitcher. So, and we saw him against Denver. His talent is breathtaking. He does things with the ball you just don't see. But are you going to tell me, first-year starter, he's going to have like five interceptions, six interceptions like Smith? So next year, I'm not saying going, you know, the future, but next year specifically, it might benefit Denver that Alex Smith is not in the division. And Derek Carr, there's a lot of question. How will he respond to John Gruden's coaching? Because he took a step backward, and I've been a Derek Carr fan. He took a huge step backward. Part of it, I think, it was related to that back injury he suffered in Denver. But, and then the Chargers, they're a team. They maul the Broncos. That is a bad matchup for Denver because of Bosa, because of Ingram. They have struggled, and Phillip Rivers plays well against Denver traditionally. So it's a competitive division, but the weird thing, again, is the team at the top, the Chiefs, who have dominated this division – 
the last few years, for me, they have kind of come back to the pack, so it makes it more interesting. Man, there Definitely. you go. Uh, this is a, a, the AFC West, man. I, I love it. it it's going to be very, very competitive uh, next season. And, and I tell you what, man, the Broncos are going to be in the mix as well. Um, we got Troy Rank from Denver ABC7, Broncos Insider. Troy, we appreciate your time. You guys, anytime, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right, Thanks, see Troy. All right, let's react a little bit to the the stuff that we heard from Troy. Uh, one of the things that, that I really came away with was I'm surprised that that he believes that if Kirk Cousins ends up in Denver, they would try to retain both Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. It was my understanding that they would have to let one of those guys go to free up enough cash to go get Kirk Cousins, but – it sounds like they're going to try to do whatever they can to kind of sell Kirk Cousins on, on this pair of wide receivers. That makes sense. You know, I mean, you're not going to go out and spend what you're going to have to spend to get a guy like Kirk Cousins in there and then tell him that he's going to be short some weapons on the outside. Yeah. I think I think in that scenario, the the odd man out ends up being C.J. Anderson. I mean, yes. Troy mentioned his contract being prohibitively big. Right. So if, if they're going to bring in Cousins, they're going to give him guys to throw to, and that means they end up probably going Devontae Booker in the backfield. Gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Like, if you're just re- from a recruiting standpoint, you want to have both of those guys in place because that's really been the only thing that's worked about Denver's passing game pretty much the last two, maybe even back to three years. Uh, so if, if you're trying to woo Cousins, you can sell them that both those guys are going to be there. And it's like Troy said, if Cousins doesn't come, then you're looking at like a rebuilding operation. Even if they don't want to say it, that's more right. of what it's going to be. I think either way, though, it looks like Anderson is out the door. Yeah, that which might be true. Is, I mean, Booker, come on. Booker's shown nothing to, to really think that he's going to be – he should be a number one. He's back. averaged like 3.8 and 3.1 yards per carry in his two professional seasons. And as Troy mentioned, he's faded down the stretch in times where like you would think maybe this rookie who hasn't seen a lot of opportunities would come in and show something and – and kind of run away with his opportunities like we've seen lots of rookie running backs do when given a chance to shine. Uh, he hasn't done it. I would expect them uh, – we always talk about this being a deep running back class. If C.J. Anderson's out the door, which he probably will be because they have an out, there's no money against the dead cap, and right. he's got a $4.5 million contract next year, which isn't astronomical, no. but if for running backs, that's that's a pretty heavy, hefty Get price tag. It. And you got to pinch pennies now. If you're right, gonna, if, if you're, you're going to try cousins. to bring in a, a veteran quarterback, and it sounds like if they're going to keep the receivers in, they look at Anderson, then they probably look at somebody like Tlaib on the defensive side of the ball. So, I mean, it's – this whole – you're right. The AFC West is really interesting. And it's funny that <laughs> two, like, guys, Paler from the, uh, yeah, from the Chiefs Casey, yeah. had uh, ranked now from the from the Broncos. It is a really – like, the whole division is, is, is really up in the air. It, also, though, it was interesting, too, to hear him say how they – a lot of people view Smith leaving as an upgrade because he has been such, such a world beater. And, like, you think about – I mean, like, world beater for Smith is like, okay, whatever, he throws 24 <laughs> touchdowns and five interceptions. But, again, like, yeah. he's never losing games for the Chiefs. Yeah. And in that division – Very rare. Which team has been going to the playoffs the last several years? Like every year, it's been the Chiefs. Yeah. So I mean, you look at I mean, you look at Oakland, and, and it's funny too because there's so many headlines regarding so many of these teams, and yet there's the Chargers. They're just right there. I, they, right. They've got a stable quarterback. Um, I, I know that Philip Rivers is getting up there in age, but still, though, just ready uh, to charger it up again next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I mean, it, they're the, the the forgotten team in the AFC West. And really, when I think about all the transition that's happening with all these other teams, they're in a good place, man, to to try and win that division uh, next season. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested. I, I love the AFC West. I always have. Um, but and again, the Denver Broncos is definitely one of the reasons uh, why they are such an interesting uh, division. 
CJ Anderson to Miami. So it does it does sound like CJ Anderson might be the odd man out there, but CJ Anderson to Miami. That's an interesting fit to me. I kind of don't yes. want it to happen. I don't want it to happen either. Because because yes. I really like Kenyon Drake. Me too. I love Oh Kenyon my Drake. god. He, he averaged over 100 yeah. total yards in his last I think 6 games uh to end the season. He looked by any sort of elusiveness metric, yep. uh yards created sort of metric, he was incredible. Incredible. Both as a receiver and as a rusher. I kind of hope that they just look at their roster uh and just decide, "Hey, I've got we've got enough needs we got enough to spend money on. I almost, Let's try to do it somewhere else. I almost wonder if Miami, if they did bring him on, uh, Damian Williams. I, I would, I would, I don't know what the contract situation is, but maybe they get rid of Damian Williams and they bring in CJ Anderson just simply as a goal line hammer, because I think that's the role that suits him probably the best. He's kind of a weird back because he's <laughs> almost more. He's short and stout, yeah, but he's more of a slasher than I think he is. It's just a straight power back sure and I, I don't know Anderson to me is in this kind of like I really I've definitely liked him at times in his career but he's also in this like Carlos Hyde mode who we were mold who we were talking about in slack this morning like what's the point of bringing in these veteran backs when hmm. you know they can easily just be cast by the wayside early sure. on in the season and if you askew them for a younger cheaper option to me that's just the way I you know what do I know? But that was what that's how I would approach the like a backfield situation this year. Go with some of these guys in the draft. Don't pay, you know, three, four million dollars a year to bring in some I'm, veterans. I'm very curious what happens when free agency opens and a lot of these running backs are out there because there are so many of them, as you mentioned, the, the CJ Andersons, the Carlos Hydes, who aren't bad players, but they don't really do a lot to move the needle for you. Um Can I just ask really quick, why don't people like Carlos Hyde? I love him. I think I don't know. Is, people were trashing him in Slack this morning. Well, I'm not trashing I mean, him, but I think he's he's, he's fine. not. I mean, look, he is a significant step up from CJ Anderson. I love CJ. He's think? better. Than, no, no, I think he's better than CJ. I mean, but I think he's a significant, yes, step? significantly better player I mean, than CJ Anderson. But for somebody who really you know hates on Mark Ingram, Carlos Hyde's never had a thousand yards. Either. <laughs> Fair, <laughs> enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I mean, he had a career high, I think, <laughs> in catches and touchdowns this year, but otherwise was, I mean, a. Barely above replacement level back. I think what we saw um, down the stretch when Jimmy G was under center, I think that's the Carlos Hyde we can get excited about. The bottom line is, man, when they were um, in their early season struggles and, and completely winless, I mean, we talk about game script all the time on this on this podcast. Yeah. That's that's a rough situation for him, you know. And I know that he's struggled to stay healthy as well. Um, but I just think when healthy, well, C.J. Anderson struggles to stay healthy too. So I, I oh, just yeah. think, I just think, you know, for me, Carlos Hyde is is a significant upgrade over C.J. Anderson. I, I I really like him as a player. He just got to stay healthy. Again, it's basically it's like market value to me. Well, like why would I want to pay, you know, again like four or five million dollars for a back who I can who isn't. A, a, an above average starter to me. I think he's an mm. average starter at best. And, and and why am I going to do that when I can just pursue a cheaper option uh, in the draft? To me, I just I just don't want to. Depends on how close you are, though, because you don't want to be spending all this time working with a, a, a rookie running back that you've got to bring along. You know what That's I mean? Fair. And you've got to in 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 the NFL, you got to win games early. You know what I mean? So if you bring in a, a veteran back that that knows the system, and of course, system is the biggest thing. Yeah. A veteran back that knows the system. He's a good locker room guy. I don't know if Hyde is or isn't, but I know C.J. Anderson, they've raved about him in, in the locker room. If a team feels like they're close, that's why I'm, I'm like not that interested in Miami. They're not that close. No, yeah. 
You know what I mean? I so. think the benefit with Hyde too is that he at least is a known commodity. Like you said, maybe he, he's maybe he's like right in the he's like the Andy Dalton line of like yeah. starting running backs <laughs> kind of thing, where he's <laughs> like he's like line. the 16th best starting running back, maybe a little higher, maybe a little okay. lower. But like we've seen a lot of these teams that have done that, like oh we're going to draft cheap running backs and have it completely blow up in their face. Let's yeah. look at Washington. Right. They had Matt right. Jones, Samaj P. Ryan, yeah. like Keith Marshall, like all these guys. Like there's no guarantee that you're going to find that fifth round gem in the draft. You yeah. could like the Packers got lucky last year taking a couple late round guys and it looks like they'll be solid, you know, ish starters, but like you can you could keep taking all those draft picks and have it blow up in your face and not it's have a running true. game. It's a very good point. So I think that's the level, but maybe 4 or 5 million a little much, but I mean CJ Anderson's or uh, excuse me, Carlos Hyde, you know, his track record so far because of injuries and stuff might lower his price tag a little bit or maybe he takes an incentive laden deal so he can uh, you know, get in with a good team and then earn his keep later. All right, let's talk about wide receivers now with, of course, the wide receiver prognosticator himself. It is Matt Harmon. Boy, young boy from West Virginia. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, wrote, you wrote a great piece uh, on the old dot-commer. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, top ten receivers to chase. But what I liked about it was that you incorporated some – uh, incoming rookies that will be participating, uh, many of whom will be, I think maybe all of whom will be uh, participating in the upcoming Combine, which is happening next week? Yeah, next correct. Week. Next week. Back half of next week. I like it. Um, uh, and some of the names you mentioned here, James Washington, Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton. Easy for you to say. <laughs> DJ Moore. Uh, let's start with the Bolitnikoff winner, James Washington from Oklahoma State. Yeah, he's my favorite receiver that I've watched so far, and I'm like real, real early in the whole draft process yeah. thing. So don't. But don't these write are some of the top in. names. Yeah, these are, the, and that's why they they're on this list uh, because it's a mix of, like you said, mix of free agents and draft prospects. And but he's the first draft prospect they listed at number four overall on the list. Uh, and he's got a great college resume, like you mentioned, yeah. uh, over 3,000 yards and Very 23 productive. touchdowns over his last two seasons. Yeah. Uh, and really fun to watch. He's a guy that makes big plays. Uh, I tweeted out a couple of gifts last night if you want to go find them of how good he is at adjusting to poorly thrown balls. That was one thing that I came away from from charting his games. was like, man, there are a lot of plays left on the field, whether it was extra yardage that he could have gotten if the balls were thrown better or just straight up hitting him in stride. Mason Rudolph, woof, there were some real misses there for sure. <laughs> I don't know much about Rudolph. I know he's a guy that people talk about, but I definitely think that he left a lot of extra yards for, for Washington on the field. Yeah, he's he's gonna, He comes from one of these offenses where he only lined wide up open. on one side of the field, wide open, not going to run all the routes, but I think there's a lot there. He's a really combative player, both with the great at tracking the ball in the air and also after the catch. I I really think he's a guy that has a, a an easy projection with like I think he's going to be some sort of a contributor in like the Marvin Jones level and whether there's more upside there to be a number one receiver I think I want to see how he tests out at the combine and agility drills and overalls. So I, I do want to ask that, and I, I'm asking this sincerely with somebody like Washington. I I I bring this up just because I was looking at Daniel Jeremiah's list and mm -hmm. his top I think five or six guys he didn't have Washington in that list. Right. Do you take into account? The conference he played in, for I, I know yeah. for some guys that's a knock. Like Oklahoma State, the Big Twelve is wide. wide open. I watched Bedlam. I watched Oklahoma and Oklahoma oh, yeah. State. If oh, you yeah. if you like defense, that was not the game for nope. you. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. not. You know, so like, does that 
do you factor that kind of thing in that some of these some of his performances and some of his numbers came against defenses that were, shall we say, ungood? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I, I think you have to, and I think that just le- you know you kind of have to try to contextualize what you're watching and really focus in on just the individual player as opposed to what the defensive backs are are doing, uh, and try to get some of those reps where he where you do see him against press coverage off the line of scrimmage, and and again try to really hone in on those things. But the and, cool thing is though, you get more game tape with somebody like James Washington because yeah. they throw the ball so damn Oh, man, it's, it's, it's exhausting trying to like chart, <laughs> chart those games as opposed to like an NFL player where they're yeah, running you know what I'm saying? 35 routes a game. Right. You're doing somebody like Washington, you're getting up to like 40, 50 routes. You're like, that's enough already. <laughs> um, but I, I, I do think, I, you know, I don't know what episode title it was, but one of the recent Move the Sticks podcasts, uh, DJ and Bucky talked about – these receivers coming out of these offenses and, and how there have been a lot of, you know, whether it's Corey Coleman or Josh Doxson, some of these guys have, yeah. you know, taken a little while to, to heat up. Uh, it was a really good discussion that I thought was is interesting because they pointed out that, like, if you draft a guy in the first round or the fifth round out of an offense like that, they both have the same learning curve. They both have to adjust to a pro-style offense. And, right. you know, there's no – I mean, and a fifth-round guy could pick it up much quicker than the first-round guy. Maybe, yeah. And that's entirely possible. But you also see somebody, like, coming out, you know, coming out of these offenses that, make, that do have success to coming out of the Big 12 like a Sterling Shepard. So yeah. I, I really like Washington, and, and I think the pros outweigh the cons there. That's interesting to me because – mostly because – and I think uh, I'm in line with DJ here. Um, you know, his measurables aren't great. You know, 6'1", 205, so he's a smaller type guy. Um, as you mentioned, he played in a, a wide-open conference. But if he – I'll be interested to see what his 40 time is, but it's not projected to be – he's not projected to be a burner. You know what I'm saying? So he's got the body type of maybe – he makes a, big plays. I he mean, makes he, big plays. There's no question. But I, I just think it's – if there's a learning curve and he's undersized and he's not that fast, I wonder how high he'll go in the draft. That's just, th- Those are just yeah. some of the concerns – uh, surrounding James Washington. Can we talk about on the complete opposite end of the spectrum? This Cortland Sutton character yeah. from SMU, man. This guy is a physical beast. He's big. He's really, really big. 6'4", 218 is what he's listed at at SMU. And, like, when you look and at he plays him, angry. Yeah, when you, when you look at him on film, too, like, he looks much bigger than everybody else out there. Yeah. Uh, the, he's, you can obviously go out and box out defenders. And I posted a clip of him, too, again, on Twitter. And when he gets going in, in like, on the long strides, like, nobody's going to catch him. Like, he's, he's just going to outrun people that way. He, he gets rolling. He's, he's going to get up there in a hurry. I mean, there's, there's definitely room for improvement, though. Uh, he's not – he's a big guy, but he also doesn't really normally extend his hands to high point the ball or in contested situations to let the ball get into his body. That's something that you, you can clean that up for sure. Uh, I, I think he – Profiles really well as like a possession receiver, and you know if he can become a better technician because he certainly has room to work on as a route runner. If he can come become more of a consistent technician, then you can maybe see him be like a late career Demarius Thomas type of player, who's not the athlete that he used to be, uh, but somebody that does win contested balls and and, and is more of a, that possession receiver. One of the comps that uh, that I saw for Cortland Sutton, and uh, I don't necessarily disagree with it, but uh, it's a bit of a stretch. But Des Bryant was uh, a guy that uh, some folks have compared Cortland Sutton to. Late career Des Bryant. Like, okay. So, yeah. like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like, no, well, honestly, yeah. Like, now Des Bryant. Because now Des Bryant is 
No, he has no law. He's not adjusted to the expectation of what he is. The Cowboys have not adjusted. Most people watching him have not adjusted those yeah. expectations. So the immediate thing to say is like, well, Des Bryant sucks. Well, Des Bryant doesn't suck, but Des Bryant's just no longer what he used to be. I feel like we've buried Des Bryant on this podcast the last like month and a half. We've definitely every talked time about he comes up. Yeah, we talk about. <laughs> I mean, because we, again, I think it would just it's he needs a, to adjust his game like Larry Fitz has adjusted his game, and he has not done that in the role that he plays as the X receiver in Dallas. He's bad. I just think that he could, and we've talked about yeah, it. Yeah, we've we've talked about But if he if he adjusts, I think he could still be a very good player. Yeah, I I saw I think Lance comped him to Moose and Muhammad. Wow. And I I love I love the comp receivers to Moose and Muhammad because uh, <laughs> he's like one of those Panthers that I always remember, and he's just like the perfect possession receiver. He was across from a guy like Steve Smith. Yeah, not gonna be an elite blow you away guy although I don't know if the record has been passed but for a long time he did own the record for the longest receiving touchdown in Super Bowl history 85 huh. yard touchdown uh, against the Patriots but this is weird again as saying he's not gonna make big plays but I think that's a good kind of at least career arc typological sure. comp, comp for Cortland Sutton all right so DJ Moore is a guy that I literally have not seen at all I don't know anything about DJ Moore he's from Maryland but I know nothing about him can you educate me and the listener? DJ Moore is fun. Uh, I think if you watch him, you you will think of Golden Tate. That was who I thought of when I watched him. I know a lot of other people have had that same comparison. Uh, I know he checks a lot of production metric boxes. Uh, you know, looking at the box score, it's not all that impressive. But when you put into context, you know what he did in the in his own offense. People who work with market share metrics really like DJ Moore. Um, he's definitely creates a lot of separation at the stem of his routes. He's okay. tough after the catch. I think, like, with 11 personnel dominating the league and slot receivers no longer really like a pejorative term, I think you're going to see some teams. He's a slot. Yeah, I think he's a slot and maybe, like, outside flanker. You know, exactly what Golden Tate has become with the Lions. I and mean, he's been a great player for them. He's had 90 catches over – at least 90 catches over the last four years. And right. I think you could see more have that type of production if he ends up in the right place. Lance actually, in his profile, remember this, editing it um, – made some comparisons with how much of a route running technician DJ Moore was to actually Stefan Diggs, who came out of Maryland, Maryland as well. And he's yeah. like, it's not just like a Maryland wide yeah. receivers thing, but their games can profile similarly. And as you're talking about it, like a guy who might seem like to be a difference maker in the slot, but could also line up out wide. That's also Stefan Diggs to you're a right. certain extent. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Calvin Ridley will be another big name uh, out of Alabama, obviously that will go higher in the draft, but we are running low on time. So, He's on this list too. Also, and if you want to, if you want to check it out, NFL.com slash top ten. Also targets. on this list is top the, ten is targets. Top ten targets is you, the Harmon. Uh, I can't quit you list, including Allen Robinson, John Brown, and Dante Moncrief. Smoking on the list. Well, when, yes. Yeah, I mean, when you look at this receiver uh, class in free agency, it's a lot of these guys from 2014. Yeah. That are hitting the market. Uh, now f- from that draft class, and a lot of them are reclamation projects. I mean, that's why they're hitting the market. You know, right. Dante Moncrief, John Brown, you mentioned. Allen Robinson is obviously top on the list. He has the most upside of anybody. I mean, even Sammy Watkins is, is going to, if he doesn't get franchise tag, hits the market too. Yeah. Um, and, and I think you just have to, if you're a team, you have to weigh when you're looking at free agency, do I want to pay a beefy market value for somebody like Marquise Lee? Or do I want to take a chance? And and th- that you probably know, like you're you're probably hitting a double if he doesn't get hurt. You're probably hitting a double if you sign Marquis Lee for market value. Or do you want to potentially take a cheaper deal and try to hit a potential home run with some of these guys, like even even a Terrell Pryor? Like, do you want to do that? And to me, that's why those guys are on the list. No. And I didn't. Have I don't. It makes I, it makes sense, and I like all these wide receivers. I just found yeah. it funny that as I was scrolling through the list, I was like, yep, it is. Yeah, yep, no, it really yep, is. Yep. <laughs> all never, these. You have shirts for like half of those guys I just mentioned. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, even Paul yeah, – well, that's true. Uh, Rich. Even Paul Richardson is on there, and he's someone that's really fascinating to me because – Oh, yeah, baby. Robinson's going to get franchise tagged. That's going to happen. Watkins potentially could get franchise tagged. And if those guys are off the, the market, then I think Paul Richardson becomes – the top X receiver on on the market. Uh, and so teams like San Francisco that are looking for one of those outside receivers, they could easily look at a, at a player like Paul Richardson who's coming off his best year, and what he does yeah. best is both rare and valuable. He wins in tight windows and down the field. He, I, like I really that dude like just, like, sells big plays for oh, a his, his like, He does not make routine catches. Like, slants, no. He needs to be on the sideline, toe-tapping, guy yeah. draped over him 50 yards down the field. That being said, I, I love the way I, – I love the the sharpness in which he gets in and out of his break. Oh, he's yeah. good. I like yeah. Paul. I'm he's really good. really curious to see where he lands, and he could be a guy that we spend a lot of digital ink on in fantasy sleeper talk this offseason. I think so, man. And, and, you know, it's funny, too, because he's a guy that has not necessarily been on a lot of folks' radars. He's had a lot you of injuries. I mean? Like, he was a yeah. second-round draft pick, don't forget, and he had yep. a massive 40-time, uh, like a, a low 40-time, like a sure, very sure. impressive one, rather. Not massive, like yeah. he ran a 5-4. 40 as a wide receiver yeah but uh like big injuries derailed his production and the emergence of other options in yeah. seattle and now he's was starting to finally get a chance to shine yeah i'll be interested in him man I, I i'd love to see where he goes maybe he goes back to seattle who knows we'll see um all right let's close out the show with a round of daily daps gilhar we'll start with you uh well obviously it's the dap Black Panther uh, came out last weekend. Uh, I saw it on Thursday night. I know Marcus did. He actually went to see it twice, but wow. I'm sure this is going to be Marcus's daily dap as well. But okay. it was just, it was fantastic. Like, not only is it an amazing movie, like top to bottom, it tells a great story. It's got great characters. Like, it's one of the best Marvel movies, I think, in terms of just like the depth of the roster of characters and how rich and like fully formed all of them are. Like, most of the side characters are really great and have a unique perspective and bring something to the story instead of just being like, bad guy number two or like sidekick <laughs> and kind of stuff like that. So, and then it's just an important movie that it was such a predominantly African-American cast and that it smashed box office records. Right. Best but thing not I just saw, the cast, but also the, the director behind the, the scenes. Music yep. and the, yeah. It's, but it's the best thing I saw was that black Panther in four days in the U S box office outgrossed the entire two month run of justice league. Oh, Woo. wow. Woo. Hello. Uh, Marcus Grant. Uh, yeah, I'm going to double up on that and, and uh, that that Black Panther because it was fantastic. And, watched it uh, twice. I did. I saw it twice. Wow. Saw it on Thursday night. Saw it again on Saturday night. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, also, one of that, uh, I went to one of these iPick theaters. Um, they're one of these theaters. What's where they, an iPick? So, like, they have, like, recliners and, like, they, they have the, the servers that come into the theater. Like, you can, you know, push the button and somebody could, you know, I mean, hey, there's nothing better than you're sitting there and then you order some wings and a Jack and Coke. Like, that's pretty good. And they have blankets and stuff. Place is awesome. Uh, Sounds like home. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Sounds like watching a movie at home, but you pay for it, and there's a lot of strangers uh, around. Right, except that, you know you don't wow. get brand new screenings of Black Panther at and home, and you don't get the big screen. You that's the big screen experience. That's fair. Uh, no, no, speak for yourself. Uh, and then uh, my my last one actually goes out to the kids at Parkland, Parkland, Florida. Uh, yeah, who have kind of just made, who really kind of tried to make a difference. Now, obviously, you know the the shooting was last week, and we all kind of watched a lot of us watching from afar as everything happened there. But just the fact that these kids have sort of found a voice now uh, right. and, and really kind of galvanized and, and are, are really trying to make their feelings known. The fact that they have gone to Tallahassee, they've gone to Washington, 
you know, I think in an age where everybody's sort of trying to find their voice and their message and their cause, uh, these kids have found one and they've really rallied around it. And I think they've been kind of inspirational for a lot of people. Yeah, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Man. It's been a good one. Um, I will daily dap uh, a place, uh, Snowdrift Snow Tubing Park. It's in Running Springs, California, which is uh, kind of in between Arrowhead and Big Bear. Um, but uh, went there for the first time over the weekend. Took my kid out there. She saw snow for the very first time. What'd she think? Oh, wow. Oh, she loved it. <laughs> well, it, 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 it's like a lot of little kids. So w- when you do the tubing, you also have to go down head first. Right. Um, to, to be able to stop yourself with your feet, although she doesn't really do that. But, whatever. <laughs> but she's going down head first, and she was not wanting to do it at first. And she's like, oh, we'll just make, we'll just make snowmen. You know what I mean? Or do snow angels or whatever. But I was like, all right, listen, we'll just do it like a couple times and then and then we'll go make this. We we did it a couple times and she literally was like, okay, I want to do it a hundred times. Yeah, now. got hooked. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the literal quote out of her mouth was, I want to do this a hundred times. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. So uh, so we did that. Um, it's actually a decent workout too because you got to like take your tube and go up the hill and they come oh, yeah. and go up the hill. Go. Anyways, but uh, but no, it was a lot of fun. It was the first time she ever saw snow. Uh, side daily dap really to L.A. weather, if you think about it. It was – it was like 75 degrees on Saturday in the L.A. Basin. But when we went up in, into the snow at Snowdrift Park, it was like 50 degrees or whatever. And, and, and God bless snowmakers, you know, artificial snowmakers. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, man, uh, it, it was just it, – it's an interesting – it's such an interesting uh, experience, if you think about it, to go up into the snow and then two hours later you're in 80-degree heat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's – that's something that's very, you know. So what I've always told people is like the unique best, to, a great to thing about LA is that you're a short-ish drive from any sort of climate you could want. Really, right. like you want to go in the winter, you want to go see snow, you want to ski, take a yeah. couple-hour drive to Mammoth Big Bear. You want to go is. to the beach, there it is. Boom, there it is. You so want to go to the desert, <laughs> Joshua Tree, right over there. <laughs> uh, Daily Depths of Snow Drift, Snow Tubing Park. All right, Matt Harmon, what do you got? Hmm. Uh, I think I'll. <laughs> <Should> <laughs> I go to producer Erica. No, no, no. no. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, I think I'll Daily Dap. Uh, the speaking of. Uh, L.A. and and some of what it has to offer, uh, the Kennethon Recreation Center right in uh, Culver City or in, I love that place. Baldwin, yes. Hills. Yeah. Baldwin Hills. It's, I love that place. place. Is awesome. Like yeah. it's it's a great example of a place that's like right in the middle of the city. Yep. Um, and you can go there and do a pretty pretty decent like fun hike, and uh, you got a great view of. Uh, you could totally drive by it and not even know it's there. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And, and then you, but you get like a great view of the city. I took some pictures there this weekend with the with the dog with the old uh, Chuckster with the, with the old Chucko. Okay. Uh, so that was good. Definitely enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, that was, I guess that's my daily thing. Okay. There. Oh, I want to tell the story yes. though about about. Oh, oh yeah, yes. Yes. good memory. Yes. So yeah. Perfect. Shockingly, I remembered something about yourself. Well, yeah, yeah that's okay, normally, weird. That normally <laughs> <helps>. <laughs> Someone else tells me something about them. I'm gonna forget it. But yeah, if it's yeah. about me, I will probably okay, remember. Good, good. Uh, but so last, so last night, uh, I'm just doing some work late at night or whatever. Get a, just a pop, a tweet pops up in my mentions from Taylor Gabriel, and he just says, "Feel." At Matt Harmon, I feel so disrespected, LOL, think face. I'm like, what the hell did I do to Taylor Gabriel? Yeah. Um, so I searched my name on Twitter with his, and I was like, I can't find anything. Um, and so then he so then he followed me, and I was like, I'll follow back. And he hops in the DMs and is like, nice. I was reading your top ten list, and I'm not on it. What's up with that? 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, sorry, man. Like, I was like, I think, I was like, look, I think you're good. Like, you didn't get enough touches this year. I hope you get your money or whatever. And and he's like, he, he kind of goes on. He went off. It was, he was really funny about he it. He was playing though. in San Francisco this year? No, in Atlanta. No, Atlanta. Still in Atlanta. Oh, you just okay. forgot because yeah. they didn't give him any touches. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why he was like, he was just like, man, SMH, like I can't get, I can't make, I can't make your top ten if I don't get touches or whatever. And so I tried to, I tried to ask him a little bit, like, where you think you're gonna go or whatever. He didn't. He was still just being funny about it. So I sent him an article too about, uh, about that because in that name search just popped up. Like one of my first articles I ever wrote about here was him as like a deep sleeper when he was with the Browns. I was like, yeah. look, man. I'm I'm I've on, been on this side. Train. I'm on the train. He's, he, replied, <laughs> he says somewhere along the line you lost faith. Don't worry, I got you in in 2018 though. Wow. And so he was pre- he was pretty. That's funny cool. About it. So that, I thought that was a that was a funny little story. I said I was like, man, if they'd only let me do top 12, like I asked, <laughs> <laughs> you're obviously going to be on the list. <laughs> and he said, I think he's I think he said uh, his exact word was. Tw- <laughs> I gotta go do top ten, like uh, top twelve. I gotta go work out, bro. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a great story. That's a great story. Uh, social media, it's great. Gotta love it. Twitter. I mean, it's Amazing. also it's also it the was, worst. It was hilarious because it's also the worst. But so, I mean, because sometimes players will come at you and and, and, and I and I'm on I'm I'm in favor of this. Like I okay. think players should totally call out writers for for stuff especially if they're wrong like why not that's why i said he's like he's like, i'm gonna have to save this top 12 or top 10 list I was like yeah come back next year or throw it in my face what do i care yeah exactly. uh, <laughs> so yeah no i think i'm in favor of that but it's funny when they come in and have like a, a funny interaction also it's funny to think like taylor gabriel's like sitting there reading my article like oh let me tweet this guy <laughs> i love it's, it it's fun it's great i absolutely love it producer erica Will you close hey, the show? Hey, hey, yeah, of course. First time we actually heard from you. I didn't even get you. Yeah, I know. Get to you in the I intro. know. You it's should have cool. called me out in the intro. No, it's it's cool. I it's see. cool. Right. I'm showing Christina here the ropes. Okay. She's back here. What's up? She's going to be producing us. Uh, Next yeah, week, right? Just for Wednesday, yes. Just for Wednesday. I okay. am going to Indy. Humble brag. Humble yeah. Brag. Just no going to the combine. NBD. Um, yeah, so that will be fun. Uh, daily daps to that uh, in the future. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a preemptive dap. I like the first, I think that's the first preemptive dap yeah, we've ever had. That's good. Future daps. <laughs> I like Future it. daps Future to daps, the yes. to the steak. Okay. Cool. Steakhouses. We get it. Must be nice. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty fun. I'll send lots of snaps. <laughs> okay, good. No, um, please don't. Yeah, I will. Uh, no daily daps to my puppy. He had his first uh, weekend of training classes like group classes and he was and he killed it and he was the best one he got the oh he was the best oh he was the best one he was the best one granted Uh he's actually three and they were all (laughs) legitimate puppies (laughs) (laughs) what's his his name again hercules thor Thor, right yeah so you so you gamed the system a little bit well yeah he's just like he's so small (laughs) your dog's billy madison then yeah yeah. so there are these like little pugs that was like it was the size of a cell phone, and they were like barely mm. sitting. And Thor was sitting for treats, and so like he got the gold star for like oh, the day. Yeah. And I was yeah. sort of embarrassed because <laughs> they're like six weeks old, and Thor no. is three. Don't, don't don't be embarrassed. Like there's nothing more prideful than when your dog smashes in in like yeah. puppy training class. Oh, yeah, it's uh, great because you killed it. Because you're just looking on like. Look at you, idiots, and all, yeah, your, like, all your misbehaved dogs. I do the same thing. Even when I'm walking the dog on the street, and like some of the other dog like freaks out and like wants to come up and like bark it, and Chuck just keeps walking. Like, damn right, yeah, good. That's a good dog right there. Yeah, Thor, Jeez. Thor absolutely killed it. I was so proud. Oh my lord, was, beautiful. He destroyed those dogs. I think you so. guys take more pride in your respective dogs than I do in my child. Definitely. Well, because <laughs> definitely, but your child can almost talk. 
can talk. Yeah, she can, can talk. Almost can, talk. Yeah. can actually she like a few years old. Thoughts right. Now? Yes. Right. She's so, four. Okay. So Thor, Thor is a year younger, but he hasn't <laughs> formed, you know, like sentences yet. Not so, yet. Not yet. Not yet. Still yeah. holding yeah. out yeah. on yeah. that. Not one. yet. So yeah. we're really uh, working on, you know, right now it's it's get me wine. Okay. That's why I'm <laughs> get me wine. That's why I'm bringing <laughs> him to training. Wow. So you're turning him into a Just service to get dog. Him. Okay. Yeah. Good. So he's gonna be a service dog. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, this, this is this is the goal. This is the dream. Yeah, because haven't you seen those dogs that can go pull on the fridge and yeah. then they can get a beer? Okay, but how I is, want a bottle get... of wine. Isn't he like as big as a bottle of wine? That's, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like but he's... he's strong. His name's Thor. Like, oh what are Sorry. you talking about? I love it when Tamposi's like the perfect type of person that throws out like an outrageous thing. Yeah. And then it like comes back at you like, how dare you question that outrageous <laughs> thing that I just said? Yeah, that was. That Don't was... get indignant because we called you on, on uh, an obvious error. What a great what, Okay, well, when Thor's getting me wine, you're yeah. going to be mad. Okay. Maybe that can be your new gif. Thor just getting no. you wine. Thor getting you wine. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. Oh, okay. have you're anyone. not going to deviate from the. No, no, no. I am a humor. All right, uh, what a great show we had here today for Erica. Producer Erica, uh, for MG, my guy Marcus Grant, for Alex Gelhar, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, and the wide receiver podcast here, the pride of West Virginia, Matt Harmon. I am Still James not Cook. from there. I'm James Cook. Yeah, okay. We'll see you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.